You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hi, Michael. Hello, Andre. This is a very special edition of the podcast because we are interviewing two people and it's in total juxtaposition of interviews. Absolutely. Uh, the first interview that you're going to hear is our uh, discussion with Ivy Knight, who is one of the authors of the piece in the Globe and Mail that uh, detailed the allegations of sexual misconduct from Norman Hardy. And the second interview is totally the opposite. It's about the Festival de Vin du Saguenay, and uh, we have a great time speaking with Sophie Blackburn. And we thought it was important to get both of these out in a timely manner because, uh, I mean, with the, the Norman Hardy allegations, I think it's important to have these uh, stories told and make sure that it stays fresh. These stories aren't going away. And uh, for the Festival de Vain de Saguenay, we're actually going to be there this upcoming weekend. And there's, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, there's still time for you to get out there. And it's an event that's definitely worth checking out. Um, such a beautiful town, but uh, you'll hear all about that in the interview. So I guess without further ado, we're going to put on the uh, the very um, straight faces that we can do occasionally and talk with Ivy Knight. Ivy, thank you very much for the time. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess before we get into some of the other questions, uh, I, I know a lot of people have already seen the article in the Globe and Mail, but in a couple of sentences, could you just summarize what exactly the piece in the Globe said? Uh, well, I don't know if I remember the exact headline, but it was, well, I can look it up, but it was, uh, Norm Hardy accused of sexual misconduct. I can't remember what that, that sounds terminology about right. yeah. they used. Yeah. Yeah. Now in the, so, in the article, it said that you, um, had, had spoken with 50 different people, um, to help put this story together. And obviously there were three specific stories that were, that were told. So I guess to sort of kick this off, um, the question that I have is we sort of know the who, like with Norm being accused here and admitting to the, some of the uh, accusations in the article, the when and the, the what that happened. But you spoke to over 50, 50 women in, in this story or 50 people. Uh, 50 people, yeah. And, and the big question that, that I have is, was there any sort of pattern that you saw to how something like this can happen? Like, how, how is it that, that this behavior went unchecked for so long uh, against so many people? Well, um, this kind of thing is not unheard of in... A lot of industries, but the food and wine industry, um, it's pretty rampant. I mean, regular civilians were shocked by Batali and Ken Friedman. And um, like there have been so many, the guy in Ottawa, the guy in Calgary, <clears throat> and then Norm who although he's in wine is a, is a big part of the restaurant community and the and restaurant people in this country um, so regular people were surprised by that i guess but for the most part people who work in this industry were not um, because it's something that happens like 
It happens constantly everywhere. That, I think, is changing in the last year and in the last few weeks. But when I was cooking, uh, which I did for a decade, this kind of behavior was just regular. That's just the way it was. And, and did you find it was mostly in the restaurant industry or did you start as you looked into this story find it more in the wine industry as well well for this story we were focusing on allegations specifically against norm and the culture at his winery we didn't look into other wineries or other other places we spent six months on this and the investigation um, probably would never have ended if we started looking elsewhere. So we st we just stuck with the Norm Hardy Winery. Yeah, and I mean that is one of the the things that has sort of come is is once there were whispers in the industry that something was happening around Norman Hardy's winery, you already are you are already starting to hear whispers about. Uh, this being sort of the tip of the iceberg. Now, the thing that's fascinating is I know from my own experience, I never saw anything at norms that would have been considered uh, sexual misconduct. And I think Michael, you said the same thing when we did our, our cold intro a couple weeks ago, but not, not sexual misconduct. I have, I have my own reservations about, about Norman and I haven't done anything about his winery in about two years, but I mean, that was just something that happened to me personally, but that's another story. Now, I know you're saying that things have sort of um, been changing over the over the past year. Um, I, I guess the, the question that I sort of have, and I know off the microphone I was saying this, is I'm a straight white male who works as a journalist. I'm not full-time in the wine industry and down in Niagara. But it's sort of tough to know at the point when there's smoke, there's fire. So... I don't know if you have any ideas or when you spoke to any of the people, what sort of change you think needs to be done or what people can do to help help women who are being put into these situations, even though it's maybe not being witnessed directly. Well, I speculate that people are changing their behavior. I don't have cold, hard facts, but the, never before has this type of behavior been called out and been almost universally believed? The women in cases like this, um, the shift started, I think, with the Bill Cosby case um, where people weren't believing the women and then there were so many of them, it was impossible not to pay attention. So, and then we saw, we've seen it pile on with uh, all of the names, I don't, I won't go into, but yeah. th this, the last two years has seen a major shift in that when these allegations come out in cases like this, the public believes the women. And the way it's been for all of human history <laughs> up until this point is that the women are not believed or their complaints are diminished or ignored. So anyone who thinks it's funny or that this behavior is fine because they're rock and roll or they're kind of wild in their kitchen or whatever, anyone seeing what's been happening, I would think, 
if they don't want to lose their business or lose their career or, or severely fuck up their career, that they would probably put a stop to it or curtail that kind of behavior, at least at work. And so, Ivy, I, I, don't, I don't know um, if you can answer this, but how, how does this story come to you, I guess? Like, uh, did you just hear whisperings from somebody and thought, you know what, maybe I should look into this, or somebody directly came to you? Or how does how does a story like this appear? Well, I, I can't get into this. I can't get into the specifics, but I'll yeah. say that this was an open secret forever, and it really only the climate was only um, going to let these grapes ripen now. This story couldn't have been written five years ago or two years ago. Was it a challenge so. when you were working with uh, the the Globe and Mail? to get this out there because i know like you said with cosby it took a hell of a lot of, of women to come forward before people believe that in hell even with the gian gameshi story and granted not found guilty in a court of law there's still whisperings about the credibility of the women even though there are several accusers with with similar stories did you have any any barriers to helping get that story out just having to assemble the large number of people you had to speak with there were no barriers from the Globe and Mail, I mean, other than their, their you know, adherence to professionalism. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't some story that was slapped together in a few weeks. It took half a year, and it was seriously investigated. Um that entire time by Anne and myself. And um, yeah, it. we didn't know that we would end up interviewing 50 people in total, but that we wanted to talk to as many people as possible to get as much information as possible. So it was not a light workload. Were you surprised by the reaction of the industry? After the story came out? Yes. Yeah, I was completely shocked. I thought, as someone who has worked in this industry as a cook for years, and then as a writer has been reporting on this industry for years, and has been hosting events, and you know, still working in this community um, for most of my career, I legitimately thought that when the story came out that I would probably be ostracized because Norm is a beloved, was a very beloved guy and had huge, massive support from the biggest names in food in this country. So I didn't, I didn't know how the story would be taken. That's why we worked so hard to make sure it was as ironclad as possible. And I hoped that when people read it, they would believe the women, but I didn't know. And it seems kind of crazy now to think that I thought everyone would turn against me and maybe say that I was on a witch hunt or that I was, you know, some evil muckraker. But uh, the night that the story came out, I was prepared for a horrific backlash. And that didn't happen at all, I'm happy to say. Well, I'm, I'm definitely uh, proud of you for having the courage to put the pen to paper and to... Uh, assemble 
stories to the from the um, the women who had the courage to come forward because it's the concerns that you just listed. I'm sure was in the minds of a lot of the women involved, and it's even mentioned in the story, right? Like working with Norm in the county was the avenue to employment in the county, and uh, this was an important story. A lot of people were scared to talk to us, and I don't blame them. Um, and a lot of young people who are trying to make a career in wine outside of this country who needed that winery on their resume or that endorsement from him were very scared. So the people that spoke to us, even off the record, I really applaud their bravery in doing that because there were a lot who wouldn't. Ivy, thank you very much for... Uh, giving us a few minutes to dive a little bit deeper into your piece. And uh, to anyone listening to this who might be a woman in the industry, uh, hopefully this is a change in the culture to make it a safer atmosphere for, uh, for everyone involved. I hope so. And thank you guys for putting this into your podcast. Thank you, Ivy. I appreciate the time. That was a very... Um, hard interview to do, and uh, off off air, Ivy told us that anybody who has more allegations uh, or any allegations to get in touch with her uh, and email her off of her website at ivynight.ca. And now to completely shift gears. Um, yeah, this, one, this is where it goes totally off the rails. Like yeah, if you it's, were it's a little, thinking it, we were going to go be uh, straight for this long, we can't. No, and I mean, it, it's it's the other thing, too, where, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we, I, we, look, we can be serious, but it's serious for that long. Yeah. Uh, we have to lighten this one up just a little bit, and, uh, and we have to get back to uh, some wine talk and um, some wine drinking. And that's why we speak with uh, Sophie Blackburn of uh, the Festival de Vin de Saguenay. Did I do that right, Andre? Close enough. Andre and I are delighted to have our next guest. We've had her before, and we are delighted to have her again. Sophie Blackburn of Andre. I'm going to let you say it because you like doing the accent. The Festival de Vin de Saguenay. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> Sounds so great. Sophie, welcome. Thank you, Michael and Andre. So Joe. at this point, we are, I think, three, it'll be three days away from uh, the Festival de Vin. And um, okay. Michael is heading That's out. Two. two, it starts two. on a Thursday, does it not? No, Thursday I'm, night. I'm not counting today. Oh, yeah, does, okay, you're right, two days. I'm bad at counting. Sue me. Yes, you are. That's why he <laughs> wasn't an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> Carry the one, Andre. Okay, that's fine. So, okay, it, starts so Thursday, it starts Thursday night yeah. mm -hmm. with a big – tell us what – okay, what is Thursday night? Okay, so Thursday night, July 12th, it's the opening party. It's a happy hour, the happiest hour of Saturday wine lovers. And uh, so from 5 to, uh, to 7.30 – People gather at De La Place Citoyen, which is like um, an outdoor um, place, you know, like, like we see, all, almost like we see in Europe, you know, the Grand Place of 
you know, Barcelona or something like that. We have our own in Sangme. And so uh, today, well, this year, our area, our host area will be Beaujolais. So people, for only only $12, people will get a chance to, well, I mean, will get to taste three different different wines from that area of France. And also, we'll also have some um, charcuterie. I think you call it delicatessen in English, but I'm not sure if no, that's in, right. Is in, that, in English, is we that know, right? In English, we, we would still just call say, it charcuterie also. No, we would just say, oh, char- we'd just say charcuterie. Yeah, we, okay, just, we just anglicize it. Yeah. <laughs> or if you really, really want to like dumb it down and redneck it, deli platter. Or no deli platter, but yeah. it doesn't sound as good, right? No, <laughs> meats, meats and cheeses. <laughs> exactly. So we'll have some char- charcuterie uh, <laughs> made, specially made from our owner here uh, in Sangne, made with Beaujolais wine to, you know, pair with the the wine tasting during, during that time. We'll have a live DJ, uh, you know, lots. Lots of entertainment and people gather. It's just, you know, a way to celebrate the opening of the festival. And then Friday and Saturday, this is where, you know, the fun starts. I mean, it keeps, it keeps going for sure. Yeah. But this is where, uh, you know, the stands will be opening on the main street of Shikurumi, which is uh, Rue Racine. And you guys have been there. You know, it's we quite were. different. It's quite different than the other wine festival, right? Well, and I mean, that's the thing that I just need to throw this in, in there for people listening to this podcast who didn't listen to us talk about the Festival du Vin before. Because I know that you guys took a quote from me for your uh, for your social media. But what they do is the <laughs> entire main street of this, this beautiful uh, Quebecois town is shut down and taken over by wine agencies and wineries. And people are walking around, families, old people, young people, people with their kids, drinking wine out in the open in the street. And unlike what the government of Ontario may have you believe, it is not total pandemonium. It is. There's a lot of there's a lot of dancing in the street. Like, I mean, (laughs) you, you think of that old song and it truly is. That's what's going on. And I just can't right. picture, and I can't no. picture something like that happening in Toronto as much as people in this city love their music festivals and their CNEs and everything but it's just it's an it's a way that you've managed to create this really laid back atmosphere while at the same time being in a in a city like it's not out in wine country it's you feel like you're in a city and it's just a great feeling and I am looking well, let's, forward let's, to let's going Let's be back. honest Shikutumi wow. is not as big as Toronto It is like, Oh no have, no no I think we'd have to find a town that is of relative equal size, and I bet it—I know it would go over very well. But you can't compare what what happens in Shikutumi to what happens it could happen in Toronto. In Toronto would just be a nightmare. But you know, Shikutumi—it's—it's it's now a, a place that we go to. You have to specifically, like when Andre and I go, it takes us what does it take? Ten hours, Andre, or something? Well, I mean, that's something I learned this year is it's only like a two and a half hour flight from Toronto. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you, you, you catch a, a flight and you're there drinking wine for two yep. days. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's quite, it's it's a beautiful city. Didn't, think, didn't you think so by the river and, uh, you know, it's, 
it's nice weather. It's not too warm. It, there's all, always like a, a nice little breeze coming from uh, the river. Except, I mean, if you're in in the middle of the street, then you get, you know, the building yes. hiding <laughs> a little bit of the wind. But still, it's, it's, it's very nice. And it's not, you know, heavy like Montreal or uh, Toronto in terms of, uh, of climate. So what, what is the population of Shakutami? I mean, you know, they um, they uh, they merge other cities recently. I mean, maybe you know, ten years ago, they mo they merged uh, Jean Pierre, Labbé, and other little towns. So it makes a big city around a hundred and forty thousand, I think. But you know, if you really look at Chicoutimi, it's around seventy thousand people. So, so it's it's a, it's a, it's like a small town. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, it's a small town, but it has everything you need. For correct, sure. and it, but it's got that really, it's got that real great vibe as as the yeah. stands open and, and people walk down the streets and, and and as Andre said, you know, it's not like it suddenly gets all violent and everybody pulls out their shotgun and blowing them up in the air. It's, <laughs> no. it's, it's all about about wine and great food because you've got some great restaurants you there just too had to that take, take it part. Somewhere oh, dark, yeah. hey, you had to take it somewhere dark. Where with the shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> there are there's nobody there with a shotgun. Listen, here, if, nope. you're listen if you're listening, if you listen, if you're listening to this podcast, the the, the takeaway from this should be, Michael, no and shotguns. I went, Michael and I went there last year, not really knowing what to expect, and it's always uh -huh. great to have an opportunity to check out different places on the planet, and we liked it so much that we asked you to come back now that we knew what to expect. So, yeah. uh, hopefully, we bring another contingent uh, from. Ontario to visit next year, and the and the yeah. only thing the only kind of weapon is Sophie who uh, who organizes the event. She does have a bit of a whip, you know. Get in there, go do your thing. But other than that, <laughs> um, you know, it's a very laid back affair. I love that. You know, I really love hearing you guys talking about my lovely area and lovely festival. Um, I've you know it 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 sounds like melody. To my to my ears, so it's, it's like it's very nice. Thank you guys for appreciating and and for uh, you know sharing that with your audience. So this podcast is definitely going to be one for the ages. Uh, first, just let me give a quick plug. If you are thinking about going to Saguenay to check out the Festival des Vins, it's um, festivinsaguenay.ca. I'm sure. Or just Michael... you know what? You can just Google uh, wine festival Saguenay. It pops up. Trust me, I do it all the time. Because Michael doesn't speak French. I speak French Saguenay, but um, <laughs> I just you know it's easier for me to deal in English. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm done. I'm done teasing you about that. Um, and I and wanna... I, what I'm really looking forward to, uh, I know you're looking forward to walking down the street uh, like Mozart in the uh, uh, in the Amadeus movie. All staggery and wine-filled. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a weekend of getting drunk on Beaujolais. On Gamay, in fact. And uh, before we sign off, if we could be serious for one more time. Um, I know it's a difficult time, and it's always a difficult time to come forward with uh, allegations and with, with stories, or if something has happened to you with, um, with regards to sexual misconduct or anything having to do with Norman Hardy. But uh, Ivy Knight did tell us that you can reach out to her through her website. That website, again, is ivyknight.ca. Yeah. Uh, that is, it is 
It is very troubling, Andre, and um, I, I wish that we were in an industry that that it didn't happen, but I, I think it's hitting all industries. Uh, yeah, I don't think that industry exists right now, but uh, I mean, it's important to tell these stories so that things can change for the better. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, wish everybody, you know, well and, 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 and hope for the best for this industry and also think about uh, getting drunk on Gimme. I'm Andre Peru from AndreRineReview.ca. That was only mildly offensive, Michael. <laughs> and I am Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And? and as always, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.